ISM is being brought to you today by Pillows. Sick of laying your head down on a piece of hard earth? Try Pillows. Not my pillow, though. That guy is crazy. Lamar is a god, Gruden is a tool, and you're back in the opinionated sound room of ISM. Welcome back to Irreverent Sports Meandering. I'm Dave. And I'm Josh. We are two brothers from two states away trying to bond by arguing sports. We have a great show for you today. We're going to break down the four best games of the day and rank our top five prospects in the NFL right now. But first, we have to talk about Chucky. Today is October 13th, so let's get irreverent. Well, Josh, um, the news story of, man, this NFL season already is that uh, John Gruden has resigned as the Raiders head coach um, due to an email controversy. Um, How are you feeling about that? Uh, Did you read the stuff? Um, What do you think of uh, Chucky now? Uh, well, I mean, he's just an idiot. Like, I don't know what, who uses, uh, a professional platform to say the things that he said in emails. I just, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, how he conducted himself. I, it's, 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 it's just horrible. It's like kind of horrifying. Wow. You're like, you're like (laughs) speechless over that. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm trying to like, like, I can't, I kind of used all the words already. So I'm like, I don't even know like what other adjectives I could use for this. (laughs) That, um, yeah, I mean, I can't believe, like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't put this in my personal email, less my work email. I mean, I've seen people fired for doing things like this at my job, you know? So like, it just keeps happening and people are just, oh, it, it drives me crazy. I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, let's let's kind of like let's separate like, you know, let's separate a little bit of like professional and personal life. It's not OK to say these things in your personal life. In fact, if he if he was reported of saying like saying these things, like being the face of an NFL team, that still is horrifyingly bad, much less actually doing it within the workplace mm-hmm. uh, platform. It's right. it's really it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and what's no, funny no, is he doesn't seem like this guy. You know, he he also doesn't seem like the guy that would be like that. You know, he really well, yeah. Seems he always like had a, this persona of like the, this clean cut family guy, hard worker, blue uh-huh. collar, um, and maybe maybe a little too blue collar. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, he never. You would never have guessed that this would have came out of his mouth. Absolutely. Um, I uh, um. What do you think the fallout is going to be for him in his career and his life from this point forward? Is is, is it going to go deeper? Is he is, is there fines? Is there suing? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know if fines are the way that this is going to go. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, the things that he said, as horrible as they are, weren't against the law, I guess you would say. And until they came out, didn't really affect anyone other than the owner of the Washington Redskins. I don't think that's going to be the road. I don't think he's going to do anything with the NFL again. I 
I really don't think not even be like an announced, like not even being oh. some sort of commentator like on an NFL show or anything. No, no, because this is like the perfect um like this is the perfect example for the NFL to point back to moving forward in situations like this. So I, they're going I feel to, like this is gonna get him his own talk show on Fox News. <laughs> on Fox <laughs> News well. <laughs> um, oh, but well, you know, there's some there's some uh, people like uh, I was listening to Keyshawn Johnson uh, this morning um, and he said that he always felt like uh, Gruden, um, John Gruden was always kind of fake. Like, in fact, he said um, that he came into a team and he, that he's not a very good coach either. He came into a team that was run by Tony Dungy and created by Rich McKay. Um, and took them to a Super Bowl, but then really never sniffed that again. In fact, Rich McKay, who made that team halfway through the year of the next year after uh, Chucky took the job, resigned from there to take the job at another team. I think that's quite telling that you don't want to work with someone um, so much so that you want to quit. Yeah, that that sounds like he's not a great guy to work with. For sure. Right. Yeah. I, it, it's it's crazy. Now, there is some thought that it's kind of um, fortuitous or um, uh, kind of funny how all this came out that Friday, um, all like I think this is when it came out was Friday, the, the part about um, where he said um, the Michelin tires about Demorius Smith. Uh huh. And uh, Demorius Smith, what had his election that day? And so some people think that the NFL, because they they love having Demoria Smith as the head of the NFLPA, because the NFL has owned the NFLPA since he took over, um, that they wanted him still there. And he, he probably was going to get voted out because the players aren't huge fans of him. But this kind of softened everything, and he won by just the smallest hair. So some people think that there is something a little more sinister in this, even more sinister than what Gruden said in his emails, something a little more uh, backstabby. Well, I don't know if the NFL was a, was required to release these or not. Do you did you read anything like they that? Were... I don't know. I, I don't know that. But but I do say this. If they did release these and there's all these other thousands and thousands of emails, we better hear about something else. If yeah, I mean, I, I would assume. Then I think this so. was just a straight up witch hunt. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say here is if they weren't required to release these and nothing else comes out about anyone else, then I think maybe the NFL wanted to just have John Gruden gone or something. <laughs> or, I wonder. Or, I mean, and, you know, it, it's it's likely that none of this is the case. And it's just as it's reported because, you know, they want the NFL wanted to do the right thing. It's, 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 that's always a possibility. It's just very <laughs> hard to believe. Yeah. Well, I know the NFL is trying to clean up its its uh, um, image, you know, after the whole uh, Colin Kaepernick stuff. And they've even said, you know, we were wrong and, and we shouldn't have treated Colin Kaepernick that way, which I respect. But they're trying to clean up their image in that direction. So so that might be just the whole end of it all. Is That's the reason. It could be. And I, I kind of hope it is. You know, I, I, I love football. I don't want to think that there's anything sinister and gross going on in the background but let's not uh, be naive either but yeah we can't be naive either that we you know this like it's a multi-billion dollar business uh, yeah uh professional sports have been you know 
a like unfortunately have been like a haven for misogyny and uh toxic masculinity over like you know the past hundred years pretty much mm. so it's it's not unbelievable to think that you know the nfl is just you know is going to have a no tolerance policy for this crap moving forward and you know mm. that's good I, I that's great yeah no that is good all right well i um we'll see how it all kind of falls out um, but let's move on um, in our show tonight. I'm really excited about our, our list that we decided to do. Um, we, we are going to put, put up our top five prospects drafted in the last two years. So that takes out, you know, um, that, that wouldn't be with um, Patrick Mahomes, um, no Lamar Jackson, no Josh Allen, no Stefan Diggs. Um, and really this is going to be just people who were drafted in the last two years and how we kind of see what their future might look like in the NFL. Um, I'm excited to hear your list, Josh. I told like several people my list today. Okay. Um, and I, I like, and I just kept telling them how I can't wait to hear yours. So let's, let's start off. Um, I'm going to do my number five here. Um, and my number five top prospect in the NFL right now that was drafted in the last two years is Najee Harris. He was drafted 24th overall by Pittsburgh this year. Um, he's averaging 100 yards per game, rushing and receiving. Uh, very uh, Marshall Falkish, if you will. Um, and every week, he has looked better and better and better and better. And they're using him more and more and more. And they're seeing the benefits of doing that. What do you think of that? I think Najee is going to be a good running back in the NFL. The thing about Najee right now for me is I think a lot of his production is due to his workload. And I, I know that he's been efficient. You know, it's not like he's done bad. Yeah, he's been very efficient. Uh, but he does play for, you know, a team that has always been known to, you know, make any of their running backs look good. All the oh, way back, fair. you know, to... Uh, uh, D'Angelo Williams and Rashard Mendenhall. Um, mm. So, and, and these, and, you know, Dame, uh, um, D'Angelo Williams was a great running back for Carolina, uh, but Rashad Mendenhall, I don't know, like, they made him look good, and I don't really think he was all that great, personally. So Running back out of Illinois. Yeah, so, I mean, I do think Najee's, Najee's going to be good at NFL running back. I don't know if I really feel like he's going to be, like, you know, transcendent in this league. I don't know. The other part of this is that he's just an amazing human being, you know, and I know that I should be able to separate those things, but I can't um, <laughs> just who I am. And he has an incredible um, uh, foundation that he started called the bigger picture, uh, reaching out to youth that are in homeless situations. Um, and then he also listen to this. I thought this was really cool. He was invited to be at the NFL draft, you know, and he turned it down to go spend time with kids in a homeless shelter. Yeah, that's you had mentioned that uh, I think in an episode earlier, and that's yeah. I mean, just even like after the, hearing that, and then kind of seeing like his demeanor off the field, you know, he he does seem like he's just a all, overall great human, which uh, I'm down for. I like that. All right, Josh. So, what's your who's your number five? My number five is Tristan Wirfs uh, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is uh, their uh, offensive tackle. He is the best lineman on the third best line, lineman group in the league. 
Uh, he has allowed no sacks this year. He did a great job last year. Uh, I I think he is going to be the next big name offensive lineman that everyone like household name offensive lineman, which does not happen often. Because mm. uh, the offensive lineman nobody really kind of pays attention to because they're just always there. Um, but so like he the is, next Orlando Pace type thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, he I he just does a great job. There's not a lot to say about offensive linemen, unfortunately, because it's the, right. Nothing happens when they do their job excellent. <laughs> That's the whole point. Right, right, exactly. So, um, yeah, he stands there really well. <laughs> he pushes them back really good. Right. <laughs> but no, he's uh, he's great. And he was uh, drafted last year. Uh, he's in his second year. And, you know, he is part of that Super Bowl team that just dominated down the stretch and is continuing to do so in the league right now. So All that's right. my number five. Uh, he that's is number my four. number four. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Last year, he had uh, 769 pass block opportunities and only one sack. It was in the third week of the season. That's incredible. He's allowed one sack in his entire career, which isn't super long, but that's something to put put down on paper, you know? Absolutely. He was drafted 13th overall by the Buccaneers, and he has lived up to that 13th pick. I'd say better than the 13th pick. Oh, I would totally agree. I would I would think, like, number one. You know what I mean? Like, has uh, yeah. he been better than the number one pick of last year, Joe Burrow? In my opinion, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would 100% agree with you. Yeah. I would take in Tristan Wirfs over Joe Burrow, knowing what I know now. Agreed. Yep. Okay. So who is – so who's your number four? My number four is – Jamar Chase. He mm. is the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals drafted this year. Yeah. He was pretty much drafted for Joe Burrow, and it was a good de- a good idea. He has, yeah, he has been he, sick. He has shown that he can run routes at such like very excellent excellent routes at a very young age, which is something that people tend to get better and better as they get older. So to be where he's at now. Uh, to, have, to be able to blow the top off the defense as well as run good routes and catch balls, which a lot of a lot of what we heard out of training camp was he was dropping balls, which that right. is not the case at all. Right. Yeah. So I'm very impressed. I think we may have the next Julio, you know, Michael Thomas type. Um, but we'll have to see as it unfolds. He's uh, obviously only in his fifth game. So, but as it stands, he looks awesome. Yeah. No. I. I uh... I don't know if he's that great of a route runner, though. Like, I think he's really just kind of running that deep route, and he's making some great catches. Like, I'm not going to take that away from him, but I don't know if he's that great of a route runner. Like, I don't know if I agree with I think, you. In that. I think for his age, I think he's really he's doing quite well. I do. Um, See, I think that Jefferson is maybe a better route runner than he is. Uh, it's funny is that I look at him opposite. opposite really? What you just explained okay. about Marquise, I think. I think Justin Jefferson is the Randy, like the stereotypical Randy Moss, pull the top off the defense. Oh, all right. Um, he actually did not make it on my list. Um, I, I had him on my my pre-list, if you will, um, but he did not make it into my top five. Um, in fact, I have no wide receivers in my top five. Interesting. Yeah, my number uh, my number three is Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs drafted in the second round, 51st overall by the Cowboys, three interceptions last year. Um, right now, 
six interceptions through five games, which is ties the record by the Cowboys in 1961 by Don Bishop. He also has 10 passes def- defensed this year as well. He is an, uh, he is, he is the true shutdown corner right now. Like he is the best corner in the game right now. And he's in his second year. Agreed. He has been absolutely outstanding this year. And that is why he's my number three. So, Oh, he's um, your number three as well. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> I mean, five, the, the five interceptions over the first five games is just, it kind of speaks for itself. Do you say five he, interceptions or six? I said five. I meant six. Um, no, yeah, he's, he's, he's played great. He's every bit of, but I, I, he's there. They have been comparing him to Deion Sanders already, which I don't think that's something that should be happening right now. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a, he just, and he, he doesn't have quite the style that Dion had, but, but he's pretty electric. Yeah, no, he's good. He's just saying Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders, like he's probably like in the top five of best football players ever. So it's like, hmm. yeah, he's got six picks this year and yeah, he's done a great job, but that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, let, let's <laughs> see where crazy. he goes from here. Yeah, I mean, exactly. At this, at this point in his career where Dion was at his t- point in in his career, pretty similar. If you say so. I, I think Dion was already. He far, already was transcendent. You mean? He already was transcendent in the second year. Yeah, he was. Well, he created that in college at Florida state, you know, that's true. Yep. Like he created that persona. Neon Dion, you know, prime time. Prime time, yeah. All right. Um, my number two also plays for the Cowboys. Wow. Micah Parsons, 12th okay. overall by the Cowboys. He has two and a half sacks through his first five games in his career. He's ferocious. Ferocious is such a a, a uh, um, huge word to use. He plays like, like uh, Lawrence Taylor. Like that's what he reminds me of, LT. And he, he won the Buckus Award in college um, at, uh, oh gosh, where did he go? I cannot remember. Um, but Michael Parsons, 12th overall for the Cowboys. He's my number two. What do you think? You like him? I, I like him. I, I do. I like him a lot. He's not on my list, but he is, he is definitely somebody who has already stood out as a young player. So Yeah. I'm, I mean, he, he's relentless with the quarterbacks, like just, like um, hunting them down and putting pressure on them. Um, I think, and I know this is why I put him ahead of Trayvon Diggs, even though Tray- Trayvon Diggs has more stats at this point. I think he's going to be, he's going to be even better than Trayvon Diggs next year. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Who's your number two? All right. My number two is Justin Herbert. Um, really justin herbert's your number two yeah quarterback of the san diego chargers he has been playing absolutely out of his mind this year and he played really well his rookie year which is quite rare um he basically has become like a veteran quarterback in year two he's playing like it he's he's got a he's got over a three to uh three to one td interception ratio this year Completion last year, same thing. Um, it's he's playing out of his mind. If he keeps it up, he's he's absolutely going to be up there in discussions with maybe not Mahomes, but other other guys of of great quarterback note in the NFL. 
Wow. Okay. So once again, um, Justin Herbert's my number one. And, uh, and I do think that he, he has the possibility to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time stats wise. Um, and, um, uh, and wins. And, and let me explain this. So as a rookie last year, he threw for 4,000, over 4,000 yards. Okay. Only four other quarterbacks have ever done, or only three other quarterbacks have ever done it. Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck, and Cam Newton. All right. And he had a three to one touchdown to interception ratio last year in his rookie year. In fact, the only quarterback that can touch his stats last year in his rookie year. Who do you think that is? I am assuming it's Patrick Mahomes. Or, no. No, that would be a second year. So, no. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. Who is it? Dan Marino. Huh? He had 2,200 yards his rookie year. Obviously, it's a different game then. Um, but a 20 to 6 touchdown interception ratio, which is over a 3 to 1 uh, ratio as well. Um, Justin Herbert has the chance to be the greatest of all time. Holds records already already holds a record for most passing touchdowns in a season for a rookie quarterback. I think that's quite impressive. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he broke, uh, I think Baker Mayfield had more touchdowns, or had 28, which was the record, until Herbert broke it last year with 31. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, so he's my number one. He's by far, I think he's already proving that he is, as long as he has the longevity, is has the chance to be the greatest even above Patrick Mahomes. If you say so. I'm just saying he has um, the opportunity. I'm not saying he's going to be, because right now Patrick Mahomes is on pace to be the greatest of all time. Now, if his career continues to look the way it has the last few games, I don't know if that's true, but that's, a, that's another story. Go ahead. Okay, Josh, who is your number one? My number one is Chase Young. Oh, I hate and- that pick. It's terrible. Defensive end of the Washington Redskins. He is amazing. He edge rushes with the best of them. Had seven and a half sacks last year, four forced fumbles. Only has one sack this year, but obviously they're double teaming him on uh, on a, actually a pretty decent defense so, thus far this year. They have not been great, but um, but he has been, and uh, he will continue to be great. And honestly, when all is said and done, I think he's going to go down as one of the best edge rushers to play. That is, I, I think that's ludicrous. I think that's ludicrous. Like he is, he doesn't even touch Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is ten times better than he is, um, and Miles Garrett will go down ahead of him. And Miles Garrett isn't going to be as big as um, the names of the past, like Bruce Smith and Reggie White. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. I think Micah Parsons is a better pass rusher than Chase Young. Um, you say so. Whatever. It's all good. It's all good. Sometimes we have to disagree. But that doesn't mean that my love wanes any for you, my friend. Why do you always have to make it weird? <laughs> That's my goal, my friend. <laughs> That's my goal. Um, all right. Well, that was our top five prospects. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. You can email us at ismdaveandjosh at gmail.com just to let us know what your thoughts are. Okay, moving on to our next uh, segment here. We're going to be doing five games um, that we are going to talk about, and one of them is always the Bears. All right, so we're going to start with the Bears beating the Raiders 20-9. to uh, Josh, what stuck out to you in that game? So what was really great is uh, watching the Bears defense basically win this game. Like, they just stifled them 
you know, down to nothing. A Derek Carr looks like Derek Carr again. Like, absolutely, it's come back down to earth. Um, yeah, I would agree. And, you know, the, the offense, the Bears' offense really did not look great. They did have some plays. Uh, Khalil Herbert looked pretty good. Um, you know, the running game looked good with Damian Williams as well. Um, what did you think? Um, well, I agree with you on what you said about J- uh, Derek Carr. Um, I think it was last week, Joey Bosa said something about like how we knew if we just hit him, you know, uh, we'd mess him up. Uh, well, as that's always true of all quarterbacks, um, that was true this week. Uh, the Bears defense was all over him. But the thing that stuck out to me was the running game. Man, that offensive line looked really, really good. I mean, they brought in a sixth offensive lineman. I don't know if you saw that. They brought in Alex Bars, a sixth offensive lineman, and we just crushed them with the run. It was something they hadn't seen. We we took out a tight end and put in Alex Bars, not just in like goal line situations, but like when we were running the ball at all. And it really made a difference. And Khalil Herbert looked good. Damian Williams looked good. I can't imagine how good Dave, David Montgomery is going to look when he's back. Yeah, and this was like a very simple thing to do to win this game. Let's just yeah. run the ball down their throats. Our offensive line has been playing better. Yep. It was a very simple thing to do. And, you know, the offense in general wasn't explosive, did not look great, but the running rack, the running game did did look good. The um, What kind of makes me angry is that, you know, two weeks ago when uh, Justin Fields made his first start, um, they didn't do something like this. Like, it's we yeah. went, like we may have not been just totally – destroyed by the Browns if they just yeah. did this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and everyone also, basically was like, why don't you do this? Now they do it. And Hey, it looks, it worked out. So, so who do you think is doing better right now? Do you think, do you think, um, uh, Sean Desai is the defensive coordinator or, uh, Bill Lazor is the offensive coordinator who, who should get more kudos right now? The defensive coordinator for sure. That the defense is just, I mean, they are absolutely stifling. It is yeah. awesome. Dude, Sean Desai is throwing stuff out there that teams have not seen before. And and that's and that's kind of like a statement of uh, Vic Fangio, you know? That was a staple of Vic Fangio, always throwing stuff out that you've never seen before. New looks and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I would agree with you. Sean Desai should be our coach of the year. <laughs> and, and and to be honest, if we if this best young players list that we did uh, yeah. went back three years, uh, it would have been Rokon Smith on my list as well. Oh, yeah, Rokon Smith. Dude. He is around the ball all game long. It is yeah. incredible. He's he is this quintessential Chicago Bears middle linebacker right now, or I guess in this case inside linebacker, but just the absolutely awesome like linebacking play that you would expect from Chicago. So yeah, I love no, it. I, I, would agree. I love it. You love it. Everyone loves it. Yeah, who doesn't love Roquan? All right, so let's look at um, our next of uh, the next game of our five uh, five games. We're going to look at <laughs> not just the Bears. Um, uh, we're, it's uh, Thursday night's game: Rams at the Seahawks. Rams won twenty six to seventeen. Uh, I think the thing that stuck out to me was the ineptitude of both quarterbacks. Like those defenses aren't great, but both quarterbacks didn't look good, and Matt Stafford didn't look good until about the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden he turned it on. And actually, I think it was mid third, mid third. Yeah, Stafford definitely looked more human this game. Uh, I would disagree with the Los Angeles Rams defense. I think they actually are pretty decent. They're not uh, playing that great. They're letting points come, get on the board. They are, but uh, like I said, I think I think they're pretty decent. Um, I don't I don't know 
what's going on with Seattle's offense, really, though. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson, what did, did he hurt his thumb in this game? Yeah, in the third yeah, quarter? yeah, I think he's out. And, I think he's out for a while. Yeah, and Geno Smith came in, and he actually had, Looks like, good. I actually, there was one pass where I'm like, wow, that was, Geno I mean, Smith. That right? was Geno's, well, I mean, it was a little bit of broken coverage, but like, yeah, no, Geno Smith actually made like a, this nice little floater to TK Metcalf, you know, for yeah. the, the score. Um, it was, I was like, wow, that's. Yeah, and that decent. one interception wasn't even his fault. The wide receiver fell down. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, but even with Russell Wilson in, like, they just didn't look that good. Um, I, I, I think the Seahawks, the Seahawks will put it back together because they always do. Um, yeah, but they always kind of go into these lulls in their offense, like we've spoken about so many times. Um, but the uh, the one one thing that I did want to mention was the uh, the IQ one thousand play by the, uh, the Seattle punter. Did you see this play? Which which one are you talking about? So the punter um, for Seattle was blocked, and he oh, yeah. was yeah. able to recover the ball. And heads up play knew that he was allowed to kick it again because the ball didn't go past the line of scrimmage. So he was able to recover the ball, yeah, then boot it again downfield. Totally legal. Yeah, and I actually ended penalty. up being a pretty decent I was punt. like screaming at the television. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. God, it's not. It is not. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. So heads up play on him. All right. Uh, let's look at the Packers-Bengals game. Packers won 25-22. to um, why don't you start us off on this one? So at the beginning of this game, Aaron Rodgers really did not look good at all. Yeah, I would agree. And all of a sudden in the second half, it was like, he was just all of a sudden, like he just started clicking with Devonte Adams again and just started pushing the ball downfield. Uh, but Joe Burrow was able to do the same thing with Jamar Chase. Um, mm-hmm. they both kind of. Put put it some semblance uh, semblance of a of a decent game together uh, by the end, uh, but I think you will know what the most notable thing about this game is already. Right. Wanna if you want to talk about that a little bit, Dave. Um. Well, I mean, the five field goals missed in a row. I'm that's that's pretty damning. That that's that's pretty big stuff. Um. Bengals. I was so so pissed at the Bengals, man. Like I just, they had a chance of beating the Packers twice, twice, and they couldn't do it. And I mean, the Packers had chances also to win and they couldn't do it. Three of them. So it was just yep. a, a, a cluster of just ineptitude. Um, but the thing that I thought that stuck out the most was a woozy man, their cornerback uh, drafted in 17 um, all over the place for the Bengals. Um, six tackles, two passes deflected, one tackle for loss. He was all over the place. I was super impressed. Yeah, he um, was definitely kind of wreaking havoc on that Green Bay offense for sure. Um, but uh, this game was just—it was almost—it was almost like comical to just watch the end of this game. It was like, like one team gets the ball, makes two big passes, kicks the field goal for the win, they lose <laughs> or uh, they miss. Then the right. other team gets it, makes two big passes, kicks the field goal for the win, and it misses. And it just was over and over and over. Yeah. It, was, it was remarkable. It was, it was absolutely remarkable. It was like it was like nail biting for me. Like I was watching the game live, and it was nail biting. I was at a restaurant screaming at the TV. So, so <laughs> yeah, you can you you can ask my wife about that. Um, uh, so looking at the Browns versus Chargers game, the Chargers beat the Browns forty seven forty two at home. 
um, I think the thing that stuck out to me um, was how absolute um, gutsy that coach for the Chargers is, man. He just goes for it on fourth down, man. It could be fourth down in 25, and I think he'd go for it. Like, he has so much belief in this offense. Understandably, they have Justin Herbert, and uh, they have uh, that that incredible running back on their team, Ekelar, um, and then great wide receivers. Even Mike Williams looks really, really good. Him and Herbert are just fantastic. But he goes for it on fourth down so much. It's good. It may bite him in the butt. Yeah, possibly. But, I mean, when you got – when you got a guy playing like Mike Williams was supposed to be playing two years ago. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, you, you feel like you could do anything. Um, the, one of the main things that I kind of stuck out to me in this game is, do you notice that like, okay, so Kareem Hunt, good running back, right? Good running back. Right. Chubb is so good that he makes him look not so good. Yeah. Chubb, I mean, I like, was super impressed with him. Yeah. He, he really just, he runs hard. He sheds tackles. He miss, makes people miss. He's like the complete running package, and he also can catch the ball. Um, I know, uh, like I know, Kareem Hunt's a good back, but he's he's like almost unnecessary. In fact, I kind of think like every time they put him in, it's like a little bit like, oh well, you know, we'll see what happens here. <laughs> like, oh, whereas geez, with Trump, that's harsh. I, I kind of am like I just like when Hunt's come like comes in the game, I'm just like, okay, well, this won't be an electric play. <laughs> like, oh, <my laughs> gosh. That is damning. Oh my gosh, Josh, that's funny. All right, and then the final game from our five games that we're going to talk about, but one of them is always the Bears. Uh, Bills versus Chiefs. Bills won 38-20. to 20. Um, What's your th- one thought on this game, Josh? Um, honestly, KC has beaten themselves with their turnovers recently. Four right. turnovers this game. Yeah. Um, the I will have to say that the two picks, uh, one of the picks was Tyreek Hill's fault, um, and then the second pick was by Rosset was absolutely ridiculous like that he the fact that he came up with that interception is more of a more you're saying something more about the player who made that play than than Mahomes you know making a bad throw um plus they put the ball on the ground twice too so it's just you're never gonna win when you're you lose the turnover battle four to nothing so well this is the thing in and I know that you said what you said about the interceptions but Mahomes man doesn't look like himself the last few games, he has he has not looked as accurate. He is overthrowing balls. Um, he is making his wide receivers really stretch out. Um, he doesn't look the same. I disagree. I think he looks good. Wow. I think, I I think just, the I rest of the team around him is not. I literally, looking, before we did this, re, was we re- rewatching the game. He doesn't look the same. He is overthrowing players all over the place. That's why he got that interception two weeks ago um, when he was throwing to Kelsey. He way overthrew Kelsey. Whatever. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if there's something at home or what, but man, he, he does not look the same to me at all. I, I disagree. I think he looks great. I honestly, yesterday I was actually super impressed, particularly with his ability to see the field and identify the, op, the, the opportunity to run and make a big play on with his feet, like pretty early on in the play, like not, you know, when the play broke down, but like saw that the cover, what the coverage was, saw, knew how his blocking team was going to be, and then was able to just take one quick read, make sure that, like, he didn't have what he thought he could possibly have, and then just took off and grabbed, you know, 20 yards down. Look, I think he can run. Yeah, I I get it. I'm just saying his throws. His throws don't look as good. They don't look as crisp. I think they they look great. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what player you're watching, dude. Okay. So my best best play of the 
of the week was uh, LaVisca Chenault just beasting a 58-yard gain. He had, uh, I think he broke four tackles. He just absolutely looked, I mean, for, like, he's kind of like on the smaller end of like the wide receiver spectrum. And mm-hmm. he, he just, man, he, he wanted it. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, didn't, he didn't make it to the end zone, but, you know, he, he definitely looked really good on that play. I think that was actually his only catch all day, though. So, okay. Uh, best play of the week for me is the entire second half for Lamar Jackson. just watch lamar jackson in the second half against the colts oh my gosh he was beast mode he was throwing pinpoint passes like he looked he looked like in he didn't look like a running quarterback like throwing the ball he looked like an nfl pocket passer throwing the ball like it was beautiful He, he was making the right decisions everywhere um, I'd never seen that out of him and I'm super impressed and I love that guy. I love Lamar yeah. Jackson. I know you do too. Cause he's on your fantasy team. I do. I do like him. He, uh, he, did you realize that he was, uh, 36 for 43 yesterday or not yesterday? Yeah. yeah he threw uh, over 40 but, times and his yep. percentage was in the high eighties. Yeah. He, uh, I, he, he, he still is struggling to make those big time NFL throws. Um, like the deep ones you mean? Deep ones, but then also like those like those contested throws where you know he needs to put it where only his wide receiver can get it, and he's kind of he's doing the better thing and throwing it you know so that neither of them can get it. But unfortunately, you kind of in the NFL you kind of want your guy to be able to get it. Um, but um, you, he's missing on some of those. But he was able to he he was able to read the field and find the super like the the right throw almost every every play. It was it was awesome. Yeah, he played very well. It was quite impressive. Like he and he threw to Mark Andrews so much, it was crazy. Um, no, so my worst play of the day um, is the five field goals missed in a row by the Bengals and the Packers. Like just something I've never seen before, and we might never see it again. It was quite the anomaly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my worst play of the game, uh, worst play of the week was um, Joe Burrow basically just throwing the ball to a, a phantom wide receiver that was being covered by a player mm. <laughs> of the other team. So in the overtime, yeah. you mean? Yeah. You pretty much just uh, yeah. gave it right to uh, the Green Bay Packers defense. <laughs> and even. then they missed the field goal. So. And then they missed the field goal. So well, I guess that doesn't really matter all that much, but right. But still, it's still that, funny. That, that was, I didn't know where he was throwing that ball. That was wild. No, nobody knows. They were. Yeah. Nobody knows. Okay. Well, well, once again, <laughs> um, who is your king of the hill, Josh? Who is playing at the top of the mountain where nobody's on top of them? You know, for me, I uh, I'm gonna have to stick with the Arizona Cardinals. You know, they they didn't win by a lot this week, but they still won. Um, they squeaked out a win. Their offense really kind of was stifled, or at least they weren't clicking. But uh, you know, they're still undefeated, and uh, I think I think they're gonna have better games moving forward too. So. Uh, what do you think? Uh, my king of the hill, man, is a team I hate, but I think that they are just playing so lights out offensively, defensively, the Cowboys. Um, Dak Prescott is back. Like, he he's all the way back. Like, he even said this week that he's been kind of holding something back. This last game, he finally, after running a few times, felt normal. So he's back. C.D. Lamb looks good. Amari Cooper looks good. Zeke Elliott, who I've been a huge critic of this season, looks really good. Their defense is lights out right now. Lights out. So I would say the Cowboys are the king of the hill for me. All right. So rolling down the hill, um, who is your 
the team that's playing the worst? Who's your bottom dweller, if you will? Um, who is the team um, that is just looking like trash? Who do you got? I got the 49ers. I got the 49ers. Um, uh, that, um, what is the name of their quarterback again? Trey Lance. Trey Lance, man. He does not look good. I know that they scored some points, but it was all Debo. Like, Debo, Debo, Debo. Uh, he does not look good. The running game doesn't look great. Um, their defense isn't fantastic. Um, they're just not very good. Um, and it's because of injuries. I get it. Um, sort of. Because Garoppolo uh, is only out this game. But I just think Trey Lance is going to be a step back for them. Could be. Um I think he looked about, you know, about the same as Justin Fields in general. So, really, um, overall, you think so? Yeah, I mean, not much better. No. no. Um, yeah, I think he's. I think he was quite a bit worse than Justin Fields looked, but that's okay. Go ahead. This is also his first game too. So. Yeah. So yeah, my worst my worst team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are not good at all. Uh, they they hmm. they lost to the Titans this week. I. Titans aren't playing that good. Uh, I, they're on five. I don't think you can really put another team below them. So yeah, uh, Urban Meyer is uh, you know not putting together a I, great run of it this I, year, but you know we'll see. I, so. I don't know if I agree with you, man. Like they've scored some points, and I think this week they're going to get get a win against the Dolphins. I really do. In fact, I was going to like someone said, "Oh, why don't you pick up the Dolphins' defense for fantasy?" And I said, "I don't think they're going to win." I think Jacksonville is going to win this week. In fact, I'm willing to like even do a, a respect bet with you on that one. Obviously, respect means more to you than to me. How about five dollars? <laughs> All right, I'll do five bucks. <laughs> All right, five um, bucks. This is we are talking about monopoly money here because I think it's illegal yep. to gamble in Iowa yeah, where no, you are. This so. is obviously five dollars. <laughs> monopoly, monopoly money for sure. Yep, monopoly yep. money. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> respect means more to me. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's kind of our look at the NFL. Um, let's go ahead and jump into our fantasy uh, football depression, um, which I am not in, and neither are you right now. No, nope, not at all, man. <laughs> man, you went into the last night, Monday night football, down big, like 70 yep. points, weren't you? Down by 75 points, I think, yeah. 75 points, and you won by 20? I won by 20, yep, 22. Wow. It, <laughs> Lamar, you had Lamar, and you had Jonathan, you had Jonathan and Taylor, right? Yep, absolutely. Man, that's 90 points between them. Yep. Um, yeah, man, Lamar just, he just didn't care. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he did not care that he was, you know, outplayed in the first half at all. Mm. He came out and just, just wrecked. It was awesome. That is cool. That's cool. So who's your superstar for the week? Uh, the aforementioned Lamar Jackson. He is the reason I won for sure. I mean, and uh, he threw up, I believe, over 50 points this week in most formats. And yep. uh, yeah, he is, a, he really showed up. Who you got? For your super yeah, show. and I just want to say real quick, uh, the format that we're looking at here is a 10-team PPR, um, just as a reminder. Um, my superstar for the week, I actually had Jamar Chase with 29 points until Monday Night Football came, and then it became Mark Andrews. <laughs> 43 points, 11 catches, 85 yards, and two touchdowns. Not, I think he also had a two-point conversion as well. 
like Mark Andrews was just on fire. Yeah. It was, was fine. Like Lamar finally like just kind of sat into this, this like, I'm not going to make the, like the, like the right throw every time. I'm just going to make the throw that I think I can make every time. And right. he, and that's what he did. He, he got it to his safety, his safety net all game long. It was awesome. Like him, like Lamar and, and Andrews, they can be something like Mahomes and Kelsey. They can do that, you know, for sure. Mm. Um, but you know, obviously Lamar's not quite the passer that Mahomes is, but and Andrews really isn't quite the player that Kelsey is. But you know, they are really like they they click together that well. And and this is kind of the first game that Andrews was actually huge, very surprising. Mm. Um, that it, you know, it's kind of taken this long for him to like have a huge game. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. he hasn't been he hasn't been like disappointing all year or anything like that. No, but, no, not at all. But yeah, you would expect uh, him to kind of blow up a little bit earlier than this. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, who's your uh, who's your bust? Well, unfortunately, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, he got injured near the end of the game, but really wasn't doing anything um, most of the game at all. Uh, he, with him being injured, he's really going to be a hard stash, um, but you're going to have to. Um, he's on How the RR points? now. Uh, I think he had three, three points, three point six points or something like that. Okay. Um, but he. Uh, he has been a kind of a letdown all year so far, and uh, him getting hurt just kind of makes me feel like maybe you know Daryl gives Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon maybe an opportunity to make a case for the okay. Chiefs in the field. So that's not good. All right, um, my bust is Chase Edmonds. Uh, he has scored four points, um, fifteen yards rushing, fifteen or nineteen yards receiving, um, three catches. So. Yeah, but their whole but, offense was like really not moving the ball at all. No, they weren't. It was wild. Um, but yeah, Chase Edmonds had a real trash game. Um, so he is my bust. Um, who is your um player that you don't want me to pick up? I didn't I uh I would say Daryl Williams this week is the guy that you should probably be targeting. He's gonna be have having the goal line carries if there are any for the Chiefs, um, you know, that aren't taken by Mahomes himself or Kelsey. Yeah, um, I'm actually pretty <laughs> upset because I planned on putting a waiver in for him last night and I knew I could beat you to it. And I just forgot. Like I fell asleep. Oh, I yeah. wasn't feeling good after working out last night. And like yeah. I totally <laughs> forgot. And so you ended up with him, you, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> I didn't get him either, so it doesn't matter. Well, well wait, you didn't get him? No, no, I ended up getting uh, Devontae Booker. Are you sure? I thought for sure I saw that you got him. No, I did not get him. Oh, my gosh. Who did, who got him? Someone else. Weird. Okay. Well, we can talk about that later. Um, I th- I really honestly thought you got him, so uh, nope. I feel terrible now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the player that I don't want my brother to pick up is Hunter Renfro. Um, man, he's been a solid flex. He's averaging about 10 points per week every week. So I think every week you can, you can flex him in and be in and some weeks he'll give you 20. So I, I think that's a pretty solid player to, to pick up. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think he, he should, He's really not, it's not a sexy pick. I'm not saying it is. No, it's not. And, and, and it's not really much better than like Cole, Cole Beasley. I think, um, you know, he's a guy that goes in and out of, you know, relevance. So. Hunter Renfro though doesn't go out of relevance. Like he he has been consistent all year, all year. No, yeah, absolutely this year so far. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is after I think we have this conversation, up, 
put him in your flex and feel good about it. I, I, I don't think so, personally, but yeah. I, I'm not a fan of him for fantasy no, at all. We are literally <laughs> arguing on everything today, even before we started this show. All right. <laughs> all right. So who is your drop of the week? So my drop is one that's very painful personally for me because I was really, really, really high on Brandon Ayuk going into this year. And uh, he has done, well, he had one week where he had some relevance, but with Trey Lance going in, it really doesn't seem like he's going to get much play and he's kind of just mm-hmm. clogging up my my bench mm-hmm. at this point. I haven't found a good replacement for him yet, but he's going to go. <laughs> well, irony of ironies, mine's on the same team, Trey Sermon. No, no need to keep him. He's not good. <laughs> He's not. Mitchell's the running back there, and Trey Sermon looks slow. He just doesn't look good. So you can drop him after all the talk of everyone saying pick him up this year in the draft. So, well, I am excited. Our our next segment is one of my favorites: the greatest player born on this day of the year. Today is October 13th, and on October 13th, 1962, Jerry Rice was born. We, uh, me and Josh grew up with a plaque of Jerry Rice on our wall, um, and he is, he is, I think, undisputed greatest wide receiver of all time. Does anyone have any argument with that? Uh, I think T.O. was better. Oh, shut up. You're just trying to be arguing. No, right. I, he, he, I mean, he, dude, the next closest guy, he has 212 touchdowns, dude. The next guy that's closest to him is like at 165 or something like that. Oh, my God. Like, it's not even a game. <laughs> he, right, he is the right. best wide receiver that's ever existed. The, yeah. as, as Tom Brady is the GOAT wide receiver, quarterback, Jerry Rice is the GOAT wide receiver. It's, like, yeah. hands down. If anyone says otherwise, they're crazy. They're absolutely yeah. So he went so he went to a small college, Mississippi Valley State, and in his senior year at a very small college, you ready for this one? He got ninth place in the Heisman voting. Yeah, I mean as a wide receiver, man, in a small college, that is that's incredible. Crazy. He, had, he had 112 catches, almost nineteen hundred yards, twenty-seven touchdowns his senior year. Yeah. And here's a little little uh, unknown story here that I I learned. Um, when he got drafted, he was drafted by the 49ers, okay? They had to trade two two picks, their first two picks of the year, to the Patriots because they had to jump to the 16th pick because the Cowboys were going to draft him at 17. Wow, I didn't know that. Could you imagine Jerry Rice as a Cowboy? Well, I wouldn't have had a plaque on him on my wall at all. <laughs> right? Because we hate the Cowboys. America's team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I read that. Do you have any other thoughts on Jerry Rice? Any memories or anything? Um, I just remember him making like, like one-headed catches before it was like cool. Like he was. I don't even. I don't know. I don't know when they became cool, but like he was just. His hands were like humongous. Like they could almost wrap entirely, completely around the ball. Yeah, he was he was amazing, and I loved his fade back in the early '80s or the mid '80s. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. his fade was awesome. Yeah. It was all the way up, like kid and play, and like <laughs> it was awesome. It was super cool. Um, all right, well, that is the greatest player born on this day of the year. Um, I think he's only he might be one of the only wide receivers to win a Super Bowl MVP as well, isn't he? I think so. 
Because I think um, Montana won three of the four, and he won one of them. And yeah, I think Desmond Howard may have gotten it, but that was for really his punt, ret- his kick return for a touchdown. Oh wow! Did Desmond Howard win it? I did not I'm realize. Not sure. I might be wrong, but I, I some for some reason. Yeah, for that year with the Packers. Yeah, when they won the Super Bowl off that uh, return touchdown. Yeah, well, they didn't win it off that, but yeah, they didn't win it off it, but they beat the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, because of it. All right, well, Josh, let's get into the part that always kind of upsets us. You know, we're always going back and forth. It's the Hub controversy where we take we take one of the comments that Hub Arkish, the greatest football mind in the history of the NFL, said, and we kind of break it down and really get into the nitty gritty. So let's go ahead and get into that um, this week. Hub on the on uh, the score said that Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley, due to uh, um, Coach um, Desai, is getting better every single week. And every week, um, Kendall Vildor is starting to really look um, like the shut like a shutdown corner. What do you think, Josh? Do you agree with Hub? I think he's right. Yeah, me too. I think he's right too. All right. Well, that was the hub controversy. Thanks so much for joining us for that little part there. Um, well, well, Josh, um, I got a little bit of time left, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about the sorrow that I'm feeling after the White Sox. Um, Actually, lost... Dave, I, you know what? I forgot to mention something in the uh, the fantasy depression or oh. the undepression. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go um, ahead. This week. Um, so the Patriots running back. Uh, um, Damien Harris is really not a viable option for fantasy anymore. And pretty much everyone in there, like with Jer- with James White out, everyone there is kind of just suspect. Mm-hmm. So I, if I were everybody, I would, I'd be very cautious about picking up do you think, any of those guys. You think we should drop Damien Harris? I don't know if he's necessarily a drop quite yet, but you know, okay. he's definitely is, uh, I'm not feeling good about him. I, I was going into this year. Uh, I just, I don't think so anymore. And uh, I don't think anyone of the New England Patriots really should be, you know, you should roll the dice on it all. Yeah. So, all right. Um, well, well, Josh, you took up the rest of our time, so we'll have to wait till next week to talk about trampoline just gymnastics. Um, but until then, uh, keep being cynical. Bye.